This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, this is John here from Freedom's Disciple Podcast. The only show on the Blaze where you come for the accent, where you stay for the principles and the love and defense of American exceptionalism. You are about to listen to a short clip from last weekend's show, and I'd encourage you to share it with your family and your friends. Also, please consider subscribing to our show. Search for Freedom's Disciple on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Google Play Music where a new show is released for free every Saturday at noon Eastern. Thank you so much for sticking with me, America. And now a segment which I've been looking forward to saying and sharing with you for about a week, um, because I, I, I think this is going to annoy a lot of people, because I don't... I'm finding myself not understanding the right as well as I used to in America. There, there, there's just things that are changing. Um, and I just don't get it, but I want to share an article with you, and you've probably heard this already, but last week, President Obama did something that annoyed a lot of people on all sides of the aisle. He ended the long-standing wet-foot, dry-foot policy, and that was which allowed Cubans to arrive in America without a visa and become permanent residents. Um. The Obama said that by taking this step, we are treating Cuban migrants the same way we treat migrants from other countries. I have many friends on the right who thought this was a bad idea, who lambasted Obama first, who said it was typical um, Obama being a tyrant, um, that he shouldn't have done this move, you know, about 10 days before he left office. That has some credibility. Um, And we're going to talk about that down the road, you know. Mark Levin, in case you hadn't, if you don't listen to him, he had a great show last Friday, um, where I think it was the 13th, yeah, it was Friday the 13th, he had a great show, I check it out, the first hour of his show, he basically is promoting a new amendment to the Constitution, where it shortens yet again the gap between the election and the President taking office, and his suggestion was four weeks after the election, which would be the first Tuesday of December. There's a lot of merit to that, we'll discuss that another time. That is the one thing that has credibility. You know, he shouldn't have done that at that time. I I can understand that point. But I never understand people who want good things to do, be done, with the right motives. Now, if you read Obama's press release on this and you see what he said about Cuba and and you know it, it's it's you know helping you know normalize the relationships was one of the the quotes with Cuba. That is horrific. I don't guess on either side wanting to normalize relationships with bad people. I don't get it on the right who see Putin as a good guy. And I don't get it on the left with the likes of Castro 
all these regimes that are incredibly tyrannical. I, I don't get it on either side. I, I don't, personally, I don't want to normalize relationships with Putin. If Putin changes, which will never happen, um, I don't see him tripping over a constitution or, a, you know, oh, freedom, what's this? And reading it and then taking it to heart. I, the same way the Castro brothers, Fidel is now dead, but, but them brothers, they don't see things the way we see them. They just see personal power. And it's the same for all incredibly dictators. It's the same for the Ayatollah in Iran. It's the same for, you know, Castro and uh, Castro and Cuba, Chavez in Venezuela. All these people. It's this is not a new blight on society. There will always be people who will only care about themselves. But I want to focus in on the policy. I never supported this policy. I I just don't get why anyone would who if you believe illegal immigration is wrong i don't see why you would support a wet foot dry foot policy for anyone so let's go through it and let me ask you some very very honest and hard questions so one of the reasons that this was in institute was the medical professionals because you know if they got to a they got to immigrate to america and you know they they just got to offer their services and they got to, you know, become an American, you know, an American. What makes a Cuban medical person more important or more worthy of American citizenship than a medical person from England, from Ireland, from Germany, from Russia, from China, from North Korea? You know, the answer to that is they just happen to be 90 miles off your southern, excuse me, off your southern border. Why is a Cuban more worthy of citizenship in America than anyone else? Now, I, I, can, I can get the argument that says, well, do you understand the conditions they live in? Yeah, I do. It's horrific. It's absolutely a disgrace. There, I, I was going to say, I don't know a person in the world who would, say, who would look at Cuba and say, that's okay. But and sadly, we have plenty of people who do. I get that, but, and I and I could get the argument that says, well, whose life is worse, yours in Ireland or the Cuban in Cuba? Okay, I get that, but why Cuba? Is the life in Cuba so much worse than, I don't know, you know, an Iranian living in Iran, in Iran under the current regime? Than someone living in China under the Chinese regime? than a freedom-loving Russian living under Putin right now, than, you know, a freedom-loving person who wants to dream who lives in North Korea? Why are they so much more important than anyone else? Then there was the other thing, that they get citizenship within a year. If someone like me goes legally, i got to wait five years for citizenship. Why do they get an added benefit? Why do they get something I don't? Why do they get special treatment? Why should they get voting rights? And the last thing, why do people who break the law all of a sudden become somehow noble? Why? I, and I know why, because politicians and the media love the division. But 
this is not just about me. There are 5 million people like me who are currently waiting in line to become an American. Yet no one ever talks about us. And it's us, not just me. There are 5 million people, and there are probably more, who would move to America tomorrow if they could legally. This is my 13th year trying to get into America. No one ever gives us a nickname. We don't get a, a you know a a noble nickname like well you're just a dreamer. Actually, I am a dreamer. I dream of becoming American every day. I also work for it. I also try and make a a difference while I wait. But John, do you not see the life rafts in in the ocean? You know, people die to come to America. Surely that has some standing. And that's what I want to talk to you about for the last few minutes. Are we doing Cuba as a country, as a collective, as a whole, a benefit by this policy? Because those who love freedom are leaving. Those who leave are those who are willing to rake a risk. Who, who's been left behind? How can you ever hope to change Cuba if there's no good people in Cuba? Also, we are forgetting one of the the most important things. I get that you might have a, an affinity with Cuba. It's 90 miles off your coast. And you see the treatment they go through. And you want to help. I get that. But how about doing things the right way? How about instead of going, you know what? Instead of saying to Cuba as a country, we're going to have this wet foot, dry foot policy, which means if you get on a raft or somehow or swim or ever how you do it, and you get that 90-mile track and you arrive safely, the minute you get to Florida or wherever you arrive, you're an American. How about having a policy that says the following? Don't risk your life. Don't risk your life. Here's what we're going to do. We are going to increase and make it easier for you to come to us illegally. We're going to set up a better asylum system where you don't have to risk your life. Where if you get to a U.S. embassy or U.S. consulate or U.S. office or you invest in some new way system. But if you get to this place in Cuba and you go through a system where you apply and you do things the right way where we can check you out. You get to become an American. You get to go through the same process everyone else does. How about that? How about instead of rewarding people who risk their lives, you make it easier for them, if that is what you really want to. But this policy, and I, I say this for America, I say this for Ireland, I say this for anywhere. This policy that says, yeah, you just get to our country, no matter who you are, you're in. I think it's suicide in many ways. Because you don't get, I don't understand the logic of anyone who says, do you know what? If you just get here, you're an American. And you're willing to roll that dice. You are willing to roll that dice. I don't get how that is beneficial. Because let's turn the tables on me. 
I'd be the first one to say America or any Ireland or Europe or any country has the right to control its borders the way it wants to. If America right now, and let's make this real personal, Donald Trump is in, in the White House now. If Donald Trump, because he got elected and through his system said, you know what? I only want people to who immigrate, you know, the allotment of visas we give out this year and up until 2020. I only want them to people who are, you know, allies of mine and who see America the way I do. And who want to be part of my America, the vision of America that I have. And that people like, you know, like John, who was out there talking and, you know, was critical of me in the, in the primaries and in the general. I don't want John over here. That would that suck? Absolutely. Would it be fair? I could make an argument it's not fair, but it'd be America's right. America has the right to control its own borders. You have the right to do anything you want. But this policy always struck me as incredibly harmful and stupid that you let any Cuban, no matter whether they're good guy, bad guy, good girl, bad girl, Regardless of their upbringing, their experience, they're, they're willing to assimilate into society. Just you get to America, you're safe. But the whole aspect of saying you risk your life to get here, you're rewarded. How about making it easier and not risking your life? Or how about trying to work with the Cuban people to institute freedom in their country? How about doing some of those things? And no, I don't mean occupying Cuba. No, I don't mean army armies un invade Cuba. No, I don't mean any of that. I mean your people working with their people a lot closer. So that freedom grows. I gotta be honest and I gotta make a confession as well while I'm talking about this. You know, there's been a few people over the last year who were very critical of me privately, who said, um, why don't you talk about immigration more? And I've got to be honest, I'm going to give you, been, I'm going to be totally honest with you and confess. I hate talking about myself. I know that's kind of ironic or weird. You do a radio show once a week. You hate talking about yourself? Yeah, I do. I really do. I don't like talking about myself. I don't making like making the issues about myself. I like making the issues about your founders, your constitutions, and about principles. And I was always very uncomfortable. I had many shows last year planned to talk about immigration. But invariably, I could never talk about them without, you know, either alluding to myself or flat out talking about people like me. And I always felt very uncomfortable, and I always can them. That is not a mistake I'm going to make this year. I'm going to talk to you about different aspects of illegal immigration. Because here's the thing. I can only speak for myself. I can't speak for five million other people who are waiting in line. I don't seek a guarantee. I don't, I'm not doing this show to improve my chances of becoming an American. I'm doing this show because I care. All I've ever asked for is an opportunity. The same opportunity everyone else gets. I've waited 13 years. I'll have, if I have to wait another 13 or even if I never get there. 
If you said to me, John, the way your life is going to go, you're always going to want to be in America, but you're never going to get there. But you're going to get a fair shot. I'd be okay with that. What always hurts me the most, and I'm guessing it's the same for other people who want to move over there legally, is that we are forgotten. That somehow, us waiting in line makes us feel like we're just a bunch of morons. I've had people tell me you're a moron for waiting in line. That's the system we live in. I got, to, I had someone, I get told pretty regularly, you go illegally. You know, especially when Obama spoke about, started speaking about amnesty a couple of years ago. People said, dude, you're Irish. You know, there's, you know, they're going to be, they're going to be in there with the amnesty lobby. You, you'll get, you'll, you'll get over there. You clearly love America. Get over there. Make your difference. But just, you know, one person said to me, it's like a balance sheet. You know, it's like you, you, you do one bad thing, but look at all the good you could do. I was like, it doesn't work that way. It's, it's, you don't create one sin to do a lot of good. It doesn't work that way. But I'm going to speak a lot more about immigration over the coming weeks and months and years. But I would ask you to think about this policy. Why does a Cuban person get special treatment? What is it about them that makes them somehow more noble than someone like me who's in Ireland? And secondly, are you doing more harm to Cuba? And Cuba as a country and the Cuban people by rewarding, saying, here, here's your golden ticket. All you have to do is survive a 90 mile trip in the ocean. Just think about that. Is that the better policy or is the better policy saying we're going to make it easier, but you have to come through legally and through a system? I got to take one last quick break, America. I'll be right back. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network. 